Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the internet, featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as uh, video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors. Across the genres, all kinds of authors. Conversation up there right now with um, John Lanchester, the British best-selling, award-winning British author. Wrote a book called The Wall, very timely, sort of uh, science fiction-y kind of uh, book. Fascinating. Check it out. He's an interesting guy. Uh, I wrote my column for uh, Author Magazine also, three times a week. A little essay about the nature of writing and creativity and just leading your life on purpose. Yes, I do. It's all there on authormagazine.org. You can check it out. We're also funded by the Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. BNWA is a great organization. Uh, you know, I'm going to be teaching a couple free workshops for them in June and July, part one and two of my uh, personal essay class. So uh, part one, it, it, here's the thing. If you're a member of the PNWA and you're in the Northwest, you can come do this class for free. It's on a Saturday, I think the 10th of June, and then sometime in the beginning of July. Yeah, you can come. But if you're a member of the PNWA and you can't make it here, maybe you don't, can't make it or maybe you live somewhere else, doesn't matter. You can still listen to it on the Internet. That's right. So you get this class no matter what. That's the way it works if you're a member of the PNWA. So you're going to want to sign up for the PNWA at pnwa.org. Also a great opportunity to sign up for their Writers' Conference. The Pacific Northwest Writers' Conference happens in September. I believe you can sign up and get extra slots to pitch your book to agents and editors still. Still, I think that's still an option. Check it out. Check it out at pnwa.org. That's what you should do. Now, speaking of writing, this would be good. We're going to have a con- I don't. I don't get to talk to that many writers who write about writing the way I do, but today I am. I'm talking to Alan Gelb, who's a writing coach, communications consultant for higher education, and the author of the best-selling Conquering the College Admission Essay in 10 Steps. His work has appeared in the New York Times, the Daily Beast, Next Avenue, and other publications. And in the last about six weeks ago, two months ago, he published Seven Steps to Confident Writing, New World Library, and he's here to talk about writing confidently with me today. Alan, welcome to the show. Hi, Bill. Thanks for having me on. It's my pleasure, Alan. So, uh, so let me ask you something. When, um, how long, how, when did you think to yourself, of all the things I could do in the world, I want to write? That's the thing I'm going to spend a lot of my time doing. When did that decision get made in your head? All right. Well, let me, let me say that I've been um, a professional writer for 40, about 40 years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've written novels. I've written novels under my own name. I've written novels under pseudonyms. I've written soap opera. I've written true crime book. I've written uh, uh as you mentioned, communications, uh, um, marketing communications for many years for colleges and universities. So I've really been in the trenches wow. uh, most of my life uh, supporting myself as a writer. Uh, 
when did I start thinking of myself as a writer? Very, very early. I would say yeah. uh, even as a seven-year-old, I can remember being invigorated by writing and, and loving it. Uh, I put it down for some years, you know, in my, uh, my you know, teens or, or 20s, uh, early 20s, because I I didn't know what it meant to be a writer, you know. So right. I, you didn't know anybody I'd be a lawyer or something like that, you know. Right. But, right. you know, right. I, I, I actually wound up by sheer circumstance at uh, Johns Hopkins University, not particularly knowing why I chose there and uh, chose that. And I didn't even realize until I was well into the experience that they had one of the best writing programs in the country, uh, graduate yeah. program. And I spent another, an extra year there during which I was able to sort of gel my, uh, this identity as a writer. It was useful. Okay. So that, and that was at, at a graduate level? Yeah, it was a master's program called Writing Seminars. But, but you, but you didn't go there for writing. You must have gone there for something else. I don't know what I went there for. I just went oh, there, you know. You just went just, there. Unlike the students I work with, who seem to know exactly what they want to do and right, you know you where they know. want to go. Back you didn't in know the what day, you I don't know. You just went to college, you know. Right. Or I. Did. You're a young person. You didn't know, but and yeah. you weren't and you weren't. Uh, but when you so, you so you did this graduate work, you got so you got like an MFA. Was it an MFA or some? What did they call it? Something it was else? Called, it was an MA, but it was the same as an MFA. Yes. It was okay. A year of writing and you know. That's how you get that. And so, did you go right into the fiction side of things? It sounded like no. That's I, where I you went started. From, I went from there into publishing in New York City. Oh, okay. Where I went to work for G.P. Putnam Sons. And oh, okay. uh, I met my wife there, who's still my wife, oh, 40, nice. 40 odd years later. Uh, and uh, I worked in publishing on and off for a few years until I you know, kind of lost a job. And then I decided, well, I think I'll take this opportunity to write a novel, which ah. I did. And that was uh, one experience that led to another experience that led <laughs> uh -huh. to another experience. Right. So you started in. So were you on in the editorial side of things at Putnam? Yes, I was. A, I was an editor at the paperback oh, division of uh, G.P. Putnam's. It's called. Ah, and so what kind of stuff did you acquire? Oh, nothing very uh, distinguished. You know that that was where there was a not an amazing publishing house at that time, and we, right. we picked up a lot of you know romance novels and. Uh, sure. You know, uh, mysteries, some science fiction genre right. type stuff, but mostly genre. Yeah. yeah. You were doing paperback stuff, and this would have been like the 80s then, probably yeah. late 70s. Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I actually, so I actually started a quality paperback line for them, which was a little different, and that was interesting. Oh, nice. All right, so you started from the editorial side, but that must have been instructive for you because you weren't writing your own stuff at this point, or maybe you were. Da were you dabbling on the side? Were you doing trying to sort of find your own voice while that was happening? I had written st some stories, most uh, primarily uh, while I was working publishing. I was writing stories, and uh, one or two of them got the attention of people who were, um, you know, important, and they encouraged me. And that's nice. That's how I, you know, yeah. Okay, so you started from that side of it, and but that was your was once you left Putnam and you wrote your. Were you done with the sort of working in the publishing world? Or did you keep floating in and out of it? I was done with working in the publishing world when I needed to get a job, which was periodically, you know, having a child, and I needed to get right. a job at one of those things. Then I worked in the world of film. So I was what is called uh, a director of development for a couple of uh, film companies, which is interesting because you work on acquiring projects, developing scripts, and stuff like that. Which oh, I enjoy. that's in, that's 
Okay, so that, but how did you get from novels to that? That seems like an unusual, I mean, I have friends who work in, in film and television, and, but it's a very, it's a different avenue, it seems like. How did that happen? Uh, I was reading, uh, I was, what was called the dignified title that they give you as a story analyst. So you pick up books uh-huh. and you write reports yeah. on them to, uh, yeah. for executives and that sort of thing. And I, I, you know, one way, one how, somehow or another, I heard about a job and I applied for it and I got it. So. Oh, very good. All right. So, but you're writing novels. You said as you, you wrote a lot of different stuff. And as you were, so once you actually write up publishing it and really think of yourself as a writer and not an editor, you know, it's kind of, it's a different hat. What part of the writing, what, what kept you in the writing? If you were trying to describe someone who doesn't write, or if you were trying to, to write a character in a novel who loves to write, how would you let the reader know what it means to like to write if they themselves don't? How would you teach them what that pleasure is? Well, I think it's sort of an innate pleasure that, you know, not everybody uh, will experience, but those who experience it can experience it really deeply. So for me, uh, I was, uh, and I continue to be quite captivated by language. Um, mm-hmm. And um, and so I think that's probably the first kind of uh, um, requirement that you need to have as a writer. You need to love language. Uh, yeah. Another thing that I think comes in really useful useful for a writer or somebody who wants to be a writer is, is, uh, enjoying learning and finding out about things. And I've, I've, I, I've found myself in a number of situations, uh, where I was, uh, just sort of thrown in the deep end of the pool as a writer working in a, in an area that I had no background in. Um, uh, and, um, you know, sort of be willing to do it and feeling like I could do it. And that, that's, that's a, gratifying and even an exciting experience. Well, I guess the most yeah. the most extreme example of that was when I uh, uh there was a boy I live in, in um, a small town in upstate New York which was a summer home for me. I was living uh-huh. with my family in Manhattan and a uh, boy on our road uh, killed four members of his family Whoa. with the help of some other people and I wound up doing a book about that and that was totally virgin territory for me. I was not a journalist. Yeah. I had but I was interested in it, and you know, so I committed to it, and it was it was fascinating. You know, it's really true about writing. You have to be. I was just. I think I was just talking to my a client of mine today about that, which is that because you're always learning, learning, learning. Uh, even you know, you're, that's an extreme example, like you said. But anytime you sit down to write anything, I, you got. I think to, for me to stay interested, I got to go in to discover something, no matter what I think I know about it. I have to go in to learn something. I'm always trying to learn. And that right. I hadn't thought of it in those terms, but I do think that's a key ingredient to to really to all writing. That, and it's that, a great way to learn. You know, I mean, when you're yeah, writing, like yeah, when yeah. I was writing this book about this town that I wound up living in for the next 30 odd years, I uh, mean, I, I so quickly found out so much about this town that before I had basically a very casual relationship with this town, it was a place that I visited on weekends and left and didn't know anything about it really, you know? So yeah. it was a deep, deep dive. Yeah. But you've gotten into writing uh, for writers or about the writing experience. You, you, uh, you the first book you wrote about writing was conquering the college admission essay in 10 steps, right? That was the first of a sort of triumvirate that you have. That's yeah? right. I wrote that in 2008 and that came about basically as uh, through need because uh, my uh, older son, who's now 39 
was applying to college. And this is a small town. It's not a fancy town. It's not a right. town that has, uh, you know, a school that really caters to high-achieving students, which he was. So there were areas and pockets that were fairly weak in the school, and one of them that I uncovered in the process of my son's applying to colleges was that uh, there wasn't really anybody that had such a good bead on how to deal with this uh, essay on the applications. So I helped him with it. Uh, I helped his friends with it. I helped friends of friends. Uh And over time, I I began to see that I had – you know, collected some theories that I thought, you know, were really solid and, and were worth putting into a book. And I, I did that. And in fact, uh, Bill, you know, it, it, at that point, I was sort of uh, in a low point in my writing career. And uh-huh. I didn't have an agent at that point, And I uh-huh. sent it over the transom. So you always hear about it. Really? You know, really? And for, for you readers who don't know that expression, I, if they're all, if, if they follow your magazine, they probably do. But what, what it means is that it's an unsolicited manuscript, and yeah. uh, and I sent it in uh, to Ten Speed Press, and yeah. uh, I don't know, maybe three months later, I got a call from the editor, and it was the single most exciting, exciting really? moment I ever had in publishing because it was like so so direct, you know. I was always through agents and stuff like that, yeah, you know. Yeah. You always, but this is like, oh, hey, they want my book. How so nice that was is that? The first of but it did Excuse well. Me? I mean, apparently, it, it did well. Uh, people, it, it, there was apparently a need for it. Or uh, it does well. Yeah, it's in its it's in its third printing. It's uh, it still sells a lot, and uh, and I work with many students every year, helping them discover themselves and discover writing, and discovering yeah. themselves through writing, which is. Um, been a wonderful experience for me. Teaching is always, was always something that I had in mind. In fact, at one of these low, maybe it was the same low point in my writing career, I went back to school and I got a, a master's in education. Uh, it was it was sort of right after oh, nice. my yeah. um, my uh, tr- this true crime book that I'm talking about when just things got really slow. And uh, I decided I'd be a teacher. But then the world of soap opera came along, and I got sucked into that for a couple of years. And I never, and I never taught. But um, this experience that I have now where I work one-on-one with students all over the world is just like a dream kind of teaching experience because uh, wow. I, work with, you know, I work with very motivated students. It's just me and them. And we uh, get you know, really, um, you know, into some very exciting places with the writing. Now that's fascinating because I do love to teach writing. And mo- a lot of the things I teach, one of the things I teach is the personal essay now, but I teach it to adults almost exclusively. I rarely, um, I, every once in a while, a teenager will wander into one of my workshops. And I'm always surprised, but usually it's adults. And so, and, and, it, and it does strike me when I talk to teenagers, it's that they're still in a different, such a different place mentally than someone who's, 40 and really wants to take take a shot at this. So what is the main hurdle you have to overcome with the, with the 18 year olds or the 17 year olds when they're coming to the personal essay to the, which is it's really, that's what the admissions essay is, right? It's really just a, would you describe yeah. it that way as a personal essay or would you? It's, it's a deeply it personal way? essay. It's, it's totally emotionally driven. They have yeah. to really, uh, they have to really explore their inner life and put out some, uh, create a narrative that reflects something about their inner life that will 
yeah. seize the attention of very uh, burdened readers. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> like that description, yes. <laughs> well, they are, yeah. They're, they're hugely yeah. burdened. So the biggest hurdle is, is sort of um, – it's more their hurdle than mine. It, it's, yeah. it's sort of carving out a place where they can – be with the writing and not be and sort of push the pressure away because everything you know about applying to college these days and certainly you know what we've heard in the news about you know the intensity of people paying gazillion dollars to you know coaches and whatnot to get right. their kids into school you know all that stuff uh which i don't experience at all right say. But, uh, you know, Not there is yet. that pressure. <laughs> I know. Never, never will. Uh, the uh, pressure is intense, and so yeah. we have to carve out a, a space to do the writing. And that's that's just, yeah, we, we do it, you know. Yeah. And and do you yeah. have to oh, go, you know, go ahead. No, go ahead. Excuse me. Oh, I was just go going ahead. to say, going back to what you were saying about, you know, there there isn't, I haven't found that much of a divide between what the 17-year-olds do and what I have done with uh, writers my age and older, let's call them baby boomers, because that was the right. focus of my second book about writing, yeah. uh, which is called Having the Last Say, Capturing Your Legacy in One Small Story. In fact, I just use the model of what I do with uh, these students to I was ask. apply yeah. to people my age who want to do a life review exercise. So we create uh, the same kind of narrative, like a 500 to 1,000 word narrative, in the case of the older writer, it's it's focused on an ethical value that they've lived by. That's the hook. Oh, and it's okay. meant to be left as a keepsake for people in your life. Or right. really, uh, I mean, the the, the uh, reason why I sort of uh, wanted to do this book is because as as a person who's not young anymore, I, uh, I found myself sitting in a lot of, uh, you know, sitting at funerals and feeling like I wanted to hear the voice of the person one more time. Right. And so I, right. I felt like, you know, somebody could write something and then have it read at their uh, funeral. And, and people who worked with me on, on these projects did just really beautiful things around moments that would have been lost otherwise. I think that's what I really valued about that whole thing, that these were lost moments that were were found and held on to and became very meaningful for those people who read them. And so the third book, the one just out, is Seven Steps to Confident Writing. And unlike the first two, which focused on people's personal narrative, and by the way, I could spend the entire 30 minutes and more just talking about personal narrative. I love asking mm-hmm. about It's now my main form of communication myself. But, but, you've got we this other book, which is less... <laughs> Specific. Well, we could, but I kind of want to get into this. It's less specific, and it's, as the title says, it's Seven Steps to Confident Writing. When you imagined this book, I mean, it's a, it's a very, I mean, it's focused in one way, but it's also kind of open-ended in another. What, what was the, the sort of, what was the germ behind it? Like, I've picked up a bunch of basic things that apply to all kinds of writing, and I want to share it with people. What was the, the first idea around writing this? All right, so so really the the impetus for doing this was my coming to the realization that I have these intense and quite intimate uh, interactions with uh, people that uh, I may never see again or hear from again right. after we connect for, let's say, two weeks to two months, something like that. Yeah. And, and during that time period, I, I noticed that even in that sort of uh, – you know, pretty short time period that I saw a considerable elevation of their writing level uh, in that amount of time. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I and I I found myself well. How how does that come to be? You know. And I think right. part of it is being exposed to somebody who is a writer, who yeah. values it, and who passes on. You know, uh, things that he loves and feels strongly about writing, and I and I sort of decided to um, to dissect the act of writing as I've experienced it, as my students experience it, as people I've worked with experience it, and you know what goes into it. So it's a pretty uh, sort of holistic approach to uh, the act of writing. It's not just about this or that, but it's about, you know, kind of the big picture of it and, you know, what goes into it in terms of psychological dynamics, um, and, um, you know, sort of, uh, uh, kind of, uh, um, basic kind of understanding of writing that can apply to any writing situation. That's, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so did you, as you began to put this book together, did you, did you have to, did you discover things? I know this is true for me. Uh, I wrote a book called Fearless Writing. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I based it on these lectures I would give. And I said, well, I'll just sort of transcribe the lectures into a book. And I, and I did this for about two days and I got terribly bored. And I said, I know I've got to like discover something or I can't do it. And so for, did you find yourself learning things as you wrote the book itself that you hadn't really thought of or put into, or hadn't crystallized for yourself? Well, I think I knew most of these things inherently, but uh-huh. I, I, but the the uh, task of of getting it down on paper and being able to communicate it to somebody else was uh, certainly uh, illuminating, and uh, that task which I'm describing is one of the central one of the ten poles of the book, which is that writing is about communicating. You know, so yeah. uh, there are people that I work with that. Kind of, and, and you know, typically, Bill, I work with people who, particularly students, uh, seventeen or eighteen year olds, who they don't care that much about writing. I mean, they're not right. bad writers. Most people I work with, I always tell people that you know, of the thousands of students I've worked with, I think you know, um, about three or four of them really made me sit up and feel like that person could be a writer. Yeah, and and maybe a handful you know, made me sort of hang my head in despair, like, like how could they, you know, they, they, you know, they just really didn't get it, you know, right. uh, but everybody else was sort of in the range, you know, Yeah. but yeah. so, so these, these students, they don't really, they don't, you know, they're okay, but they're okay writers, but they don't care that much about it. Right. A lot of right. them are STEM sort of students who, you know, right. only are interested in writing for a purpose. So I wanted yeah. to, particularly target that audience and say, you know, here are some things about writing that you may never have thought of that I think you'll find helpful, that you do write for yeah. an audience, you know, yeah. that you have a contract with a reader and you have a contract with yourself as a writer and, and you know, sort of general kinds of concepts like that. I, when I teach writing, one of the things that surprises me, I mean, a lot of people come are really interested in writing, you know, they always have been, but sometimes they have more, like you said, more of a come from a more technology side of things or a scientific side. And the thing that always surprises me that I have to teach people is that writing is always about storytelling. And the storytelling is always about the felt experience of life that you, if you're not conveying a feeling, you're really not conveying anything. And I'm always surprised that that is a surprise to the, to the, to the students that that isn't known automatically, but I, that is something that a lot of people have to sort of hadn't put together on their own. That the felt, that the feeling of the story is everything. 
Well, first of all, did do you, you agree did with you happen that? To, uh, did you happen to see the grand finale of Game of Thrones the other night? I, I did not. You know, it's funny. I have watched one half of one episode of Game of Thrones. I just stumbled onto okay. it. It was the Red Wedding while the Red Wedding was happening. That is all well, I it is. It is you know, it's pretty great storytelling, but it's yeah. funny because the end of the, uh, the last episode was th- that the sort of takeaway message was it's all about stories, <laughs> you know. Um, and I had to, I had wow. to like say, wow, you know, that's really <laughs> yeah. powerful. You know? Wow. Well, so, but do you find that to be the case that the, the, that helping, I mean, that's what I spend so much of my time with my students doing is helping them understand how to bring the felt experience of what they've gone through to the page. Well, I, I should say this. One of the interesting things about writing, I think, is that unlike painting or music, I play music and I like to sing and play the piano or acting. I did that for a while is that unlike all those other art forms with writing, all we get is language. All we get is thought, which is what a language is. And to be able to turn life into just language, turn feeling into just language, is a unique challenge, yeah? Unlike all those other things where we get one of our five senses. We don't get the five senses when we write, just thought. Well, we, we, we try to we, evoke the senses. That's, that's right. We evoke sure. them, but we don't yeah. get to actually use them. Like You can't use yeah. your smell or your taste or your sound. <laughs> Right. On the other hand, anybody can do it. You don't have to invest money in it. That's right. Uh, you, don't, you don't have to have parents who take you to lessons to do no. it. You know, which no, you don't. kind of my story because, like, uh, I was kind of art- artistic and musical, but I, for one reason or another, my family didn't pursue lessons around things like that. Oh. So I said, oh, oh, I guess I'll write. You know. All right. Well, <laughs> so they were they were <laughs> through neglect. They were nudging you towards your career. That's right. <laughs> Benign neglect. Well, so, yeah. but do you have trouble, but to go back to that feeling thing, do you have to help them understand that felt side of it, or is that really not a thing you've run into? Well, that, no, that is, that is the sort of base of the approach that I use, and that's been the success of my book, because um, my book, uh, you know, there's quite a few books out on the market, as you're probably aware, on how to write a college sure. admissions essay. Uh, a number of them come from a from an admissions perspective. They're from you know people who had been uh, or are uh, admissions uh, right. officers at right. schools, and they, those books are about you know kind of like I and mean, they're valuable. I'm not going to say they're not you know, but but, but they're um, more like you know let's how do you sort of psych out the admissions process? Right? Oh, I hate that. Uh, I'm sorry. I hate book, it. I hate it. I hate it. But okay. They my book happens this. to be the only book about the college admissions essay that is ranked on books about writing. So if you go to Amazon, you'll wow. see my book is there with, you know, uh, Anne Lamott and stuff like that, you know? Right. And, right. and and so my book is really about the narrative, you know? I, I distill the elements of a narrative. We talk about why you want to use the narrative for this situation. And in short, the reason why you want to use a narrative for the situation is for the very things you're talking about, because there's a primal uh, desire in human beings to to hear and to tell stories, you know, uh, yep. so it's sort of hardwired into us, and and so the uh, busy reader, the burdened reader that I was alluding to before, you know, they don't want to get these essays about you know here's what I did last year and you know this is right. why I think you know they want to hear a story, you know, so yep. um, we 
you know, when I do this work with students, you know, we talk about the challenges of writing a story, you know, uh, the once, where do you pick up the story? Where, where in the arc of time are you going to situate your story? What is yep. the extraordinary event that's going to ignite the story? What is the tension yeah, yeah. and conflict that undergird it, you know? Yeah. What's the yeah. point of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's, uh, oh. fresh course in stories is what we do. Yeah, but you know what's the interesting thing about story? Well, first, there's two things about story I always think of. First of all, we live in story. We spend our whole life hearing stories from the, I mean, telling each other stories, watching stories. And yet there's that great quote by Flannery O'Connor. I don't know if you know it, but it's everybody knows what a story is until they try to tell one. And mm-hmm. then it seems to, you know, we, you start understanding all that goes into it and all that you can't, all that has to be pulled out for the thing to make sense. Yeah. It's, very hard work. <laughs> it, it really is. is. Yeah. It is, but it's gratifying. It's good. and you love teaching this stuff. You find it you find it satisfying work working with the kids. You know, I love teaching this bill because I love. Well, I I, I love it on a lot of levels. I I enjoy um, helping these students. And you know, I don't write for students. I this is not you know a writing essay right. writing service. They don't pick menus. Right. They don't pick topics off a menu or anything like that. Right. We go through a very right. a very organic process that, and they must feel total ownership over what they do. But you know, I'm I'm an agent in helping them pursue something that's very important to them. And, and when they realize nice. that dream, it's exciting for me. But sure. this, uh, also I'm very excited on the story level because so many of them come up with uh, pieces that are, you know, I could read them two years later and I can have tears in my eyes, you know, that's great. That's they're, great. They're profoundly yeah. affecting, you know, and you know, that's great. So, all right. So, all right. If, uh, if people want to learn more about you, Alan, if they maybe they want to hire you to help their kid write a personal essay, or maybe they just want to just find out more about you, where's the best place to go? Well, there are two places that I can be easily found. One is alangelb.com, which is uh, pretty much focused on my new book, Seven Steps to Confident Writing, but leads you okay. to down some passageways to other books. <laughs> uh-huh. And then uh, my my essay writing, uh, my essay uh, college essay. Uh, business is called conquerthecollegeessay.com. Conquerthecollegeessay.com. Oh, that's simple enough. Okay. All right. Well, I'm not quite through with you. Got one more question. Sure. Uh, I want you to if I want you to finish this sentence for me. If writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? It's taught me stamina. You know, a writing career has yeah. taught me stamina. It's a tough career, and I think I've felt good about uh, hanging in there. And it's also taught me that there's always uh, potential for discovery. I'm always learning new things about writing, and I, I really I really enjoy that. I love it. I love it. Well, Alan, it's been a pleasure talking with you about stories and writing and and just, just your life. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, it's been a pleasure to be uh, talking with you too, Bill, and I appreciate uh, your having me on. Thank you. You're very welcome. Take it easy. Bye. Well, that's it, people. Learn, learn, learn. It's all about learning, learning and discovery. Go into your stories to learn what you have to say. I will be back again next week with somebody else. I don't remember who. It doesn't matter. I want to thank my producer, R.J. Jeffries. Thank you, R.J. You're awesome as always. In the meantime, go find something you love and do it.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.